everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the poem on tonight is entitled, Sperm Donor. You heard me right. (laughs) All right, here we go. So you've stopped communicating. Did you conveniently forget that we have a child? You just up and stopped calling. But I didn't conceive him by myself. It must be nice to create and then suddenly disappear. Do you even remember ever wanting children? Or was that thought just in your head? Well, maybe you fixed fan- you mixed fantasy with reality. But either way, your child is still here. You seem to conveniently miss his birthdays. And it's a shock to hear from you once or twice a year. I guess that's responsible to you. It really baffles me how you can go on about your life and not include your son. He wants to know his father and spend time with you. He never asked to be here and you really shouldn't be a figment of his imagination someone he barely sees. Your child support is inconsistent too. Even your payment history reflects the undependable you. But just because we aren't together doesn't give you the right to stay away from him, to abandon, ignore, and neglect your son while he cries for you late at night. You've been absent for quite some time Don't just be a sperm donor, be a part of his life. And I thank God that that story has not necessarily a happy ending, but it surely does have a better ending. One of the things that I never stopped doing was praying for my children to have a relationship with their biological fathers. And the reason why that was so important to me is because I never had the opportunity to develop a relationship with my biological father. And I know what it feels like to have that void in your life and not being able to fill it. Um, My biological father passed away when I was age 18. And so I never got a chance to make amends with him. I never got a chance to reconcile and create a father-daughter dynamic. I never got a chance to ask him questions about why did he stay gone? Why didn't he try to pursue a right relationship with me? What was it? I never got any of those questions answered. And so one of the things that I did not want to do was cause my children to have those same question marks, knowing that their fathers were alive. 
And so it didn't matter if our relationship did not work out. I've never tried to keep my children from their fathers because I know just how valuable or invaluable that relationship is. It is something that you truly cannot put a price on. And so I made it a point to make sure that that door was always open. I remember when I found out that I had a tumor in my brain the first time, and I am actually friends with one of my child's father, his baby's mom on Facebook. And so I recall reaching out to her and telling her that I was due for brain surgery. And my son was 11 years old before he ever laid eyes on his biological father. And so when I sent her that message, I just pretty much explained to her, you know, I wanted him to know his father's side of the family in case anything happened to me. And so the day that I was about to go into brain surgery, we hear a knock at the door and it was literally a few minutes before we were heading to the hospital and there my son's father was. And so I took pictures. I still have those pictures of when they met each other the very first time. And by the grace of God, despite everything that happened, you know, because we've never seen eye to eye, truth be told. However, God, because I believe that I allowed that door to remain open and did not hold grudges, even when there were times that his father was so angry with me, told me to lose his phone number, all of that stuff. I turned that situation over to God. And now is where we can be in each other's presence, crack jokes, act a dang fool. I'm really good friends with his wife. Um, Love her so much. And so that's something that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is because I did not try to orchestrate that relationship on my own. Like I literally surrendered it to God and allowed him to have his perfect work in that situation. And to watch those two together to watch how they interact with each other is a beautiful thing. It is literally is, and they look so much alike. It's so funny to me. He looks so much like his dad. It's hilarious. So I'm like, you get to see what you're going to look like when you get older, but to watch how his dad is just as much in love with him as he is with his father. And it's just a beautiful sight to see. It's a beautiful sight to see them bonding just having a good time. The other day they were put, they were literally fixing or trying to anyway, trying to fix my son's car together. Those are moments that could have been robbed from my son had I held a grudge. Those are moments that could have never manifested had I literally held that against his father. Like, you you know, you ain't my man no more. So you ain't gonna have nothing to do with him. If I would have done that, then I would have robbed my son of the opportunity to develop a unbreakable bond with his father. And by the grace of God, God preserved my life. And I've been able to watch my son graduate. I've been able to watch him go to college. I've been able to watch him turn into a very bright young man. However, I still kept the door open for him to have a relationship with his father. I never shut that door. Then my other son to watch him and his father as they developed their relationship um, not too long ago. And I, I could have did it because I, I taught my 20 year old how to drive. So I could have easily taken the time out to teach my 17 year old how to drive. But 
Those are two different personalities. And I know my personality and the 20 year old can handle my personality and my blatantness and my bluntness and the 17 year old cannot. And I know that. So his father happens to be more patient in that arena than I am. So I reached out to his father and I said, you're going to be the one to teach him how to drive. And he came on board. And so not too long ago, they actually spent the entire day together and he was teaching his son how to drive. Now, had I held the grudge and, and been like, nope, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to do this by myself. I'm not asking for nobody to help me do nothing going forward. I'm going to do this by myself. Mm-mm. He didn't want to be a part of your life. He ain't going. If I would have took that stance, those opportunities for them to develop their own relationship would not be available to them. But I literally had to decrease and allow God to increase in those areas of my life so that God could truly get the glory and they could truly have relationships with their fathers. And I'm glad that I did not hold those grudges. I'm glad that I let bygones be bygones. I'm glad that I learned how to forgive quickly. Um, And some, not every situation is quickly. Some things do take time. But I'm glad that I was able to implement forgiveness Um, in certain areas of my life so that these new chapters that are being written by my sons could be written and so that they can build and create memories with their fathers, something that I can't give them. I'm not a creator, so I'm not their creator. Let me correct that because I do create a lot of stuff, (laughs) but I'm not their creator. So giving them an opportunity to be able to have those bonding moments means I know the world to them listening to the stories that come out of those experiences. I just see the smiles on their faces and hear the laughter. And that makes my heart smile. Just knowing that they, that they have always known that they have always known that that was an option available to them. I never wanted to rob them of that. I never wanted to rob them of a chance of getting to know the other side of who they are. And I never wanted to block that experience. I just think that that's unfair. I feel like a lot of people do that um, when the relationship does not work in their favor, so to speak. They kind of hold the children over the other parent's head. And it's just not fair. Now, I do remember that I was misunderstood at one point um, and that it was interpreted that I was trying to take my children away and that, that really wasn't what it was. I literally was trying to go where the cost of living was much cheaper um, because living in Dallas was cheaper than, and still is, was cheaper than living in Austin, Texas. However, it became a battle because the father did not want me to take the children away, three hours away from Austin. And so I ended up paying some major prices for that. I actually ended up paying child support for a long time, about 12 years, about 12 years. I paid child support. Yes. As a mother, I paid child support because I lost custody of my children. So I ended up paying child support for 12 years, which is another reason why, because I've been on both sides of the spectrum. When I hear certain people say, I don't want her putting me on child support. Uh, I've been there. I did not want to be placed on child support, but I still made sure I paid the child support. So I know that where there's a will, there is a way. Um, Sometimes you just got to reframe certain things if you want to get through those storms. 
Because had I done it the way that I'm sure it was maybe expected, had I responded the way that I'm sure it was expected for me to, I would have been incarcerated. And I just, I could not, I could not, uh-uh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to myself and I couldn't do that to my other three children. Um, it was tried, but it failed. That that little weapon was formed at one point, but it did not prosper. Um, I thank God that I never went to jail behind not paying child support. And since then, God has reversed that curse. And so I don't have to pay child support. But there was a time that I did. And um, but I can I literally am able to understand it from both sides. I have been the the custodial parent and I have been the non-custodial parent. So, yes, as a mother, I have paid child support. And the irony of that is that I had a, a good friend of mine that went through a divorce battle. And because of what I had gone through, um, I was able to prepare her for every emotion that she was going to go through concerning when she was going through the divorce and custody battle of her three children. I was able to literally tell her what was about to take place. And what I did, I applied wisdom. And I literally had her, I asked her the question. I said, okay, we're here now. And you know, you've already said that he makes a lot more money than you do. You've already said that it looks as if the judge is gonna you know, decide in his favor that you're gonna lose custody of the children and that you literally are gonna have to be the one to pay child support. So I'm gonna offer you something that I wish to God would have been offered to me. And that is counting up the cost, the ability to count up the cost. So I had her count up the cost and I said, okay, I need you to think back. And I said, because I know, because I do, I know that the enemy is very crafty because he comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. And if we're not wise, we will let certain circumstances that come into our lives, we will allow it to rob us of life, literally. And so I told her to count up the cost and I said, I need you to think back. And I said, think back to before you had your children. What was it that you aspired to do with your life? She thought about it. She's like, ooh, it's been so long, Teresa. And I was like, think, just think. Before you ever got married to him, before you ever conceived a child, before you ever knew that you were going to be a mom, what was it that you wanted to do with your life? And she was like, I wanted to be in the medical field. I said, okay, so this is what you do. Start to make a plan of life before having your children. Because there's gonna be a void that's gonna be there. When you lose custody of your children, there's a void that's placed right there. You need to figure out what you're going to do to fulfill that void. That way, it doesn't strip you of your very life. She said, okay, I think I wanna go back to the medical field. I said, okay, well then that's, keep that plan in back your mind. So as time went on, that's exactly what happened. She lost custody of the children. So the job that she had at the time was a decent job. They had already figured out how much she would pay, all that good stuff. So she decided to go back to school. She went back to school to pursue the very career that she had wanted to pursue prior to her being pregnant with her first child. Fast forward, she ended up getting her degree she ended up working for a dental or maybe it's medical. I don't know. It's one in one of those fields. Anyway, she's in the field that she she's in the field that she wanted to be in. 
she ended up leading a gentleman to go get seen by a doctor one day. That, that gentleman is now her new husband. <laughs> so she listened to wisdom. She found something to do, even in the court, the court throughout the course of the storm. She made a way to make herself better. And now she's happily married. Had I been given the tools that she had been given, I'm sure my life would have been different considering the fact that I literally had to go through those emotions of losing my children and didn't know what in the world to do after I had lost my children. I didn't know how to fill the void. I didn't have anybody talking to me, telling me, think of what you were and what you dreamt about being and who you dreamt about being prior to. I had no one to have that conversation with me. But because I had gone through that storm, I knew the information that I needed to share with her to help her to get over that mountain. And now she is happily married and the kids are older now. She got so used to paying child support. She figured it out. She figured how it worked for her. They figured out the whole arrangement and everything to where now she literally uses her free weekends to be able to spend quality time with her husband. Whenever her husband is off at the military, in the military, doing whatever he's doing, then she's able to spend that time to herself. But what it boiled down to is she utilized that and she made the best of it and she's all the better for it. And sometimes I feel like this is why having... Um, I know that I didn't go through everything I went through by myself for a reason. I know that it wasn't for Teresa. I know that it was supposed to serve a purpose. A lot of times, whatever we go through, we're going through it to help someone else out. And so I was able to provide her those nuggets of wisdom. Just like when I was getting ready to go through brain surgery, she went through brain surgery before I went through brain surgery. So she was able to, when I found out that I had a tumor in my brain the first time, she was the person that I contacted. She told me what to expect. And by the grace of God, I'm still here. And so we don't always go through what we go through for ourselves. A lot of times we are going through what we go through to help someone else along the way. And the weapon formed, but it did not prosper. I was able to help preserve and keep someone from breaking down the way that I broke down. Now, it still hurt her. I know it did because, you know, when you're raising your children, then all of a sudden your life gets disrupted. I know it affects you, but she was able to bounce back quickly because she had the tools. She had the tools. And that makes the world a difference when you're going through something, when you have the tools. So this is going to conclude this portion, the raw and wise portion of my episode. However, before I completely end it, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated March the 25th of 2021. It reads, Dear future hubby, I am a little exhausted tonight. I had a very long work day. However, I managed to find time to cook for my kids and myself. We had baked chicken, edamame, Brussels sprouts, and carrots. Do you like Brussels sprouts? I love them. However, I had never tried them cooked with carrots until recently. My protein of choice this week has been um, salmon. So I decided to change things up today. 
and bake some chicken legs. My 20-year-old loves to secretly compete with me concerning cooking. He told me a few times, someday he'll be a better cook than me. The fact that he wants to be a great cook means, makes my heart smile. My 17-year-old is the baker of our home. He knows how to put everything together just rightly so, so that it is so, so moist. I'm talking about cakes. Like he can bake some cakes. Oh my God, his cakes are so freaking good. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. And every, oh, no, I don't. Because every time Xavier takes the time out to make a cake, I promise you, it may last three hours. Everybody gets a piece and then we go back and get another piece and then he looks up and the cake is gone. It's just that good. So he's the baker of the family and it makes my heart smile that my sons have a passion for cooking. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that you all have a blessed and wonderful evening, morning, or afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But whatever it is that you're doing, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.